Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, John, how are you? Doing good, Mark. It's great to be doing another episode of Talking Metal. And this is one of our first episodes where I'm looking right at you in your yes. place and you're looking at me in the spacecraft. Yes, that's true. That's true. We are doing this via Skype, and we both record our audio on our ends, and then we kind of match it up together and make a nice podcast. We got a great guest today. Thanks to uh, John and Jim for hooking this up. That is Jim it, from Gibson Guitars. Yeah, Jim Felber, actually, and and you. Thank you. From Gibson. Uh, it's DJ Ashba, guys, and he's coming on to talk to us about his new signature model guitar which sounds like a great guitar he's going to tell us all about it very cool and before we get into the episode i just want to mention this episode is brought to you by audible the leading provider of audiobooks talking metal listeners can download a free ebook on us and get an extended free trial of the service by going to audible podcasts slash talking metal again guys we'll have this in today's show notes it's audiblepodcast.com slash Talking Metal. A lot of great books on Audible, John. I uh, We were talking last week about No Regrets, your book that you did with Ace, and it is not up on Audible. However, Gene's books are. Both Kiss and Makeup is on Audible, actually narrated by Gene Simmons. Sex, Money, Kiss is also on Audible. So those, those are two great books for Kiss fans to pick up on Audible, and you can get them for free using our special offer. Again, it's an extended free Great trial offer. of the service. Yeah, it's awesome. Great I'm, offer. I'm going to actually take advantage of it myself. I Am Ozzy is up there, as well Ooh. as some of my favorite books. I don't know if you know this, John. My favorite books of all time are the Stephen King fantasy horror novels for uh, The Dark Tower, book one through seven. Those are all up there. A bunch of different people actually narrate them. If you want to read a great, great kind of fantasy adventure book by the one and only Stephen King, actually, you don't have to read them because they're all narrated. Right. This is Audible. <laughs> Go and try one out for free on us. Again, audiblepodcast.com slash talking metal. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey, this is DJ Ashba from Guns N' Roses and 6 a.m., and you're listening to Talking Metal. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast. Coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John. Hey, 
All right, John. So again, today, DJ Ashba is on the show. Excellent. He was heavily involved in the last Motley Crue studio record, which is called Saints of Los Angeles. Let's get into a track off of that right now that DJ Ashba actually co-wrote. This is the title track called Saints of Los Angeles by Motley Crue. Saints of Los Angeles by Motley Crue, featuring co-writing by DJ Ashba. And uh, that was kind of a concept album based on the history of Motley Crue in Los Angeles. Right. Kind of like the Heroin Diaries was for Nikki Six and 6 a.m. Yeah. yeah, and 6 a.m. with DJ Ashba. Of course, that first record, from what I understand, I've actually, believe it or not, I still have not read the Nikki Six heroin diaries book but um they uh th- that was you know the book and the album kind of went together right yeah you absolutely. read the book 
Yeah, I, I really like that book. And I, I swear to God, that was a book that I carried with me from like the day I got it until the day I finished it, which wasn't that far. Uh, you know, those days weren't that far apart because it was such a great book. I could put it down. And I remember telling the story when we interviewed Nikki Six that I finished the book in the Empire State Building in a, a little bar that was there that still does exist. I, I think it's now... Um, a Heartland Brewery, but at the time it was right. something else. And I remember literally crying at the end of the book uh, yeah. in the bar, and and yeah. that was because of the book and because how good it was. And it was probably also partially due to some of the uh, things that were consumed in that. Right, right. right huh? <laughs> well, I tell you, I just read Vince Neal's book. He wrote a book uh, back in like 2010, and I finally read it. And it's a really great read. And I actually, I mean, there's so much stuff about his. Uh, his daughter that that passed away yeah. at Jeez, such a young such age a sad that yeah i actually started tearing up reading that book um that, Vin, vince say what you want about vince he's really the poor guy's been through a lot yeah i mean he's had he's had amazing great happy stuff happen to him throughout his life but he's actually had a lot of a lot of dark stuff too right. and he goes into it all in his book so yeah. so many good books out there to read and of course uh we have a sponsor audible yeah. So check them out. Go to our site and link through. That's the way to support what we do. Link through to Audible and find some of your favorite rock and roll books on Audible that you can actually listen to. Cool. So Jakey Lee is back, as we know. The Red Dragon Cartel is the band. Our good friend Dustin, who does PR for them, has assured me that we can play the new single in full here on Talking Metal for you right now. This is Jakey Lee and the Red Dragon Cartel. The video came out th last week for this, and it's, oh, man, this song is great. It's called Deceived.
That was Deceived by Red Dragon Cartel featuring Jakey Lee. And uh, also, uh, there's a new friend of mine that I'm going to be probably hanging out soon, and I'll tell you why later. But his name is Ron Mancuso, and he's the bass player in that band. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool, and I'd like excellent. to actually get him on Talking Metal as well. But. Oh, we should. I'd love to talk to yeah, him. there. They're coming to New Jersey on April 2nd, I believe I told you oh, that, John. Okay. Emily and I are definitely going, so maybe we'll see you at the show. Yeah, definitely. Hang on. I wanted to tell you a really cool thing, and I ran into a guy named Steve uh, in Hoboken the other day. On Monday, I walked all the way from Jersey City, New Jersey, Silver Spacecraft area, to right. North Hoboken, the wow. ferry stop up there. And uh, as I was passing the Romantic Depot, have you ever heard of that store? No. <laughs> it's They used to have commercials, and Ron Jeremy used to be like, hi, welcome to the Romantic Depot. I, I believe, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like it's right. like a store that they would sell things that Ron Jeremy would be part of. And I, I actually right. just coincidentally was walking past, and I ran into a guy who goes, hey, are you John Astronomy? And... Um, I go, yeah, and he goes, oh, man, my favorite episode of Talking Metal is that Zach Wilde episode. So the cool right. thing is still, to this day, there are some Talking Metal fans still out there, which is cool. <laughs> which is surprising, yeah. actually. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, and one of them just wrote me on Facebook, Billy Hardaway. I just spent the last two days... For eight hours straight each day, getting caught up on your podcast. <laughs> wow. wow, that's a lot of talking metal. Loved all the interviews, but I heard the Aussie discussion where you guys were talking about who wrote what for what album. And let me say that just having read the book Crazy Train by Joel McLeaver, McClever, hmm. that... All the lyrics for the first two albums were written by Bob Daisley. Ozzy was coming up with the melodies... Uh, whatever the F that means. Randy wrote the music, and Bob Daisley wrote all the lyrics. Wow. And he goes on to talk about a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Billy, I will say, just because something's written in a book doesn't necessarily mean it's true. However, I think it's uh, it's well known that Bob Daisley did write some of the lyrics with Ozzy and helped him with the lyrics. Uh, I, I, you know, I have a lot of issues with Bob Daisley just because he's so bitter over the whole Ozzy thing. And I, I, I always, you know, I love in, in the book, I am Ozzy, Ozzy's book, he, he, where he says, if the guy's so talented, where's all the great stuff he did without me? Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's a good point. And as far as the vocal melody lines go, um, if that's what this book crazy train is saying, uh, those, you know, some people consider those the most important part of any song because those are the right. things that help sell the song and stick in your head. So, you know, if I if, if Ozzy wrote those vocal melodies uh, and Bob Daisley wrote all the lyrics or helped with the lyrics, uh, you know, I, I, I would I would think the the, the melodies are, are one of the most important yeah. parts of any song, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely, I agree. The, the hardest thing for me to write when I write songs are lyrics and melody, which is why I hardly ever write either. And, um, you know, I always come up with riffs and the songs that we've written together, you always come up with great melody and lyrics. But if I'm going to break down a song and I think it historically melody is probably the most important part, I would say in songwriting. So, so I would agree with you on that. And by the way, I, I, I'm turning over a new leaf for 2014. Uh, I'm saying the word please now. And also I, uh, just texted you the picture of me and Steve, the guy that I uh, 
uh, ran into in Hoboken. He also has a friend named Jay who is a Talking Metal fan. So uh, maybe we can put this up in the uh, show notes. Oh, cool. Because yeah, you yeah, know, I'm it, looking at it right and now. And guys, here's the thing. I always say, yeah, yeah, I'll do this and I'll do that. And then, like, I never do it. Like, <laughs> and, right. And um, so 2014, starting now, um, I am, if I say I'm going to text a photo, I'll text it right, right at the exact time. <laughs> cool. And again, Billy checked in with that comment on our Facebook page. We have two Facebook pages. Pages. There's the Talking Metal Facebook page, which applies specifically to this podcast. Right. And then there's the Talking Metal Digital page, which encompasses all the Talking Metal podcasts like Mars Attacks and Talking Rock yeah. and, of course, Talking, Talking Metal. metal. Yeah. Hopefully we'll add some more soon. Yep. Uh, we'll see. And... and Billy, thank you yeah, thank so you, much. Billy. It's awesome that you're listening to Talking Metal eight hours straight for two <laughs> That's days amazing. in a row. That That's really incredible. And thanks for the compliment on the interviews, Billy. We we appreciate that. Hey. And speaking of interviews, why don't we get into the DJ Ashba interview? That sounds interview. Like a good plan. Um, I just want to say that when I last saw Guns N' Roses, it was not the most recent time they were in New York, but it was the time that they played a club that was over on the west side, and I can't even remember what it was. Do you remember what that was? Todd Youth's band, the Chelsea Spurs, yeah. open for Guns, and I was road managing or tour managing the Chelsea Smiles for that gig, and it was a great opportunity, and it was really cool. But I remember seeing uh, DJ Ashba walk in. I think it was him and Richard Fortas walked in at the same time, and they said hello, and I uh, I was very happy that, uh, you know, instead of just walking by, they both uh, took the time out to uh, say hi to me, so that was very cool. Yeah, that was when they did, they did three New York shows, like one day after another, right in a row, Webster Hall... And Terminal 5 were two of the places. I think you're talking about Terminal, Terminal 5. Terminal 5, definitely. Yeah, it was a cool yeah. place. Yeah, that was. we were at that show too, actually. So, yeah, that was a, that was a fun show. So let's get into a little 6 a.m., some classic 6 a.m. Right, right here, and then we'll hear from DJ Ashba. Sounds great, Mark. Right now, here is Life is Beautiful by 6 a.m. featuring DJ Ashba. You can't quit until you try. You can't live until you die. You can't learn to tell the truth until you learn to lie. Can't breathe until you choke. You gotta laugh when you're the joke. It's nothing like a funeral to make you feel alive. Just open your eyes. Just open your eyes.
Guys, on the line, we have the one and only DJ Ashbud checking in with us. DJ, how are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Congratulations on your recent marriage. Thank you. <laughs> Married life treating you well? It's amazing, yeah. Yeah. When you marry the right person, it's amazing. Very good. Cool. Hey, the new Ashba Signature Les Paul, which is going to be released by Gibson in March, is looking great. I wanted to talk to you about that. How did yeah. this signature model guitar come together? You know, um, it was really weird. For, for many years, I played on Ernie Balls and uh, The Music Man. And I really like the simplicity of The Music Man. And every time I would do an album, I loved the tone of the Les Paul. So I'd always record with Les Pauls, and live I would play with Ernie Balls. And <clears throat> and it was one of those things where I just had an opportunity with Gibson to create a guitar that fit me. Um, so, you know, the one thing that was always difficult for me for some weird reason is dealing dealing with two... Uh, dealing with two different volume knobs on a guitar. And when I'm in a live situation, the last thing I want to think about is the guitar itself. I want to, you know, concentrate on entertaining and putting on a great show. So to me, getting rid of one of the volume knobs was essential. And moving the three-way, because when I would do a lot of funk-style playing on a Les Paul, I would always, for some reason, hit the three-way. So moving that out of the way, moving that down where the volume, the secondary volume was, and putting a kill switch in where the three-way is, uh, was the three main things. And then the radius of the neck, um, the compound radius of the neck. Um, so all these little changes, you know, Gibson worked uh, really hard for a couple years with me, uh, designing the perfect guitar that fit me. So now... You know, it's kind of like having the best of both worlds, having the tone, the feel, the the perfect all-around guitar. Now, when you say a, a kill switch, so where the toggle switch normally is in a Les Paul is this kill mm -hmm. switch. What, for listeners who may not be familiar with a kill switch, what does that actually do? It kills the signal of the guitar. So basically, when you hit a note and you hit it, uh, it's basically like uh, turning on and off the, the uh, volume at a rapid pace so you can kind of hit a hit a note or a chord and tap a pattern even you know you can just have fun doing different little tricks while you know rhythms or solos and it's a little little uh little gadget to play around with to kind of be a little more creative when you're writing songs or you know creating solos fun fun stuff and what about the pickups what kind of pickups can we expect in the guitar yeah, they're Seymour Duncan's. I have an Alnico 2 Pro in the neck, um, which gives it a nice buttery, you know, tone to the uh, to the leads and stuff. And then they uh, Jeff Beck in the back, which gives it the more rip and you know. Uh, so yeah, it's they're they're killer. And do you know what the list price of the guitar will be? I don't yet. Um, I I I should know probably, but um, my focus wasn't so much on the price of it it was just you know designing what i felt would be the ultimate les paul so cool. i'm not sure um i haven't uh, even talked to them about that yet <laughs> I, yeah it's, it's strange <laughs> i know some of the signature models are so expensive they become something really only for collectors and then there's some which they make more affordable for the the uh yeah and we're talking about i'm trying to uh we're, we're trying to uh 
possibly going to do an Epiphone version of it too, so more more people can afford these. You know, nice. And when you're playing live, what type of amps and effects are you using? You know, it's very minimal. In fact, I went from having, uh, you know, with Guns N' Roses, I tried 10 different guitar rigs, the biggest, best heads, you know, cabinet combinations you could put together, uh, very, you know, extravagant rigs. And I actually ended up finding out that less is more. Um, so I, I just literally run through a fractal unit and I don't use cabinets at all. I have no cabinets. We don't tour. I don't, I don't personally tour with any cabinets. So um, I go direct out right into the PA, right into my in-ears, and it's the best tone I've ever had, and it's consistent every night, and I don't have to deal with, uh, you know, like, you know, when you mic down cabinets and, you know, from night to night, that was always a big thing with me is the tone would always vary from room to room, from arena to arena and mic placements would get bumped, and um, it really affected the tone. And um, I'm all about tone. You know, if, if you, as any guitar player, if the tone's right, if it's perfect, there's really, it, you almost feel like Superman on a guitar. There's not a lot that you feel you can't play and, and play well because it's, it's, you're playing off of inspiration of the tone, you know. And... Uh, it's just very consistent this way, and and uh, it every night it sounds identical. So to me, that is uh, that's the way for me to go anyway. Excellent, and I definitely want to talk to you about Guns and Roses. But first, um, there's going to be a new 6 a.m. album coming out. Yeah, I to yeah, talk about it's that. a killer too. Yeah, we're really excited about it. We just I just finished up all the guitars. James is. Uh, Finishing up the last, I believe the last song, I think he, he may even be done by now, but uh, with vocals, and for the first time we're having a, uh, a live drummer on the album, and, uh, you know, Nicky's playing his ass off every, I mean, the songs are sick, you know, we, we're not going after, like, uh, a themed record by any means on this, we, we kind of sat down the three of us and said, you know what, let's just write a sick record from beginning to end. Just every song has to count. You know, let's push ourselves musically, um, each individually, you know, so everybody, you know, we really pushed each other to a whole different level and we really uh, focused on trying to get out of our comfort zone with 6am and really pushing the boundaries. And I think that's what 6am is kind of about anyway. And, and, so we we explored some new territories for sure on this record. So excellent! And can you tell us who the drummer is? Um, I I don't know if I can say anything okay. yet. Right. I, I'm not even sure if I. I <laughs> right. Um, no problem. But no I, I I will. So I Ex will at some point. <laughs> excellent. We look forward to hearing that. And I was a big fan of the album that you basically co-wrote with with Nikki for Motley Crue, Saints of Los oh, Angeles. Cool. And I guess James was involved in that heavily, too. Now, were you just a songwriter on that, or did you work on production hey. of the album? I'm sorry. Sorry, I had somebody else yelling. Um, I'm going to just throw it out there. Jeff Fab is the guy who played on our record. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, cool. Just, cool. If I get in trouble, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, we know, of course, from no, but he's moment. a sick drummer. He came in and just just slaughtered these songs, and and 
you know, me and James and Nikki were talking. We were like, God, if we if we we wish we would have had a live drummer on the other three. Instead, me and James programmed all the drums on the last few records. But what a difference it made having a live drummer come in and just kill shit, you know. So we're really excited about having having him on the record. Yeah, Jeff is great. I've seen him within this moment. He was with Filter yep. for a while. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. And then he was actually the guy from, I forget his name, the guy from American Idol. He was in his band for a while, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Forgot the guy's name. But when, anyways, when you were working on Saints of Los Angeles, I realize it was a while ago at this point, but were you involved in the production of the album, too? I was, yeah. I co-produced the record, and I co-wrote 11 of the 13 songs on it. I was just reading Vince Neil's book and I found it funny. He said when he was recording that record, he'd show up to the studio for like two hour blocks and, and just simply leave uh, after that. Um, and he, he seemed he seemed to like that, you know, that it was a real yeah, structured Yeah, I mean, production. it was a weird record. We, we kind of, uh, we did all the guitars at my studio. Uh, all the vocals were done at James's studio. We recorded Tommy on the drums up at his stu- at Tommy's studio and then we did a lot of the bass at my my studio, and uh, I think we did most of the bass at my studio, if I remember right. Cool. And as far as Guns N' Roses goes, it looks like you guys are headed back out on the road. Yeah, March, we head out. We're doing the Heaven and Hell Festival. We headline that, and then we're off to South America. So, very exciting. Excellent. Can't wait to get back out there and... and you know, see all the fans again. Any chance that we might hear new material in the set list? I'm hoping so. I'm hoping we pull out some. That would be a lot of fun for everybody. You guys, I mean, I guess that answers the question. You guys have been working on new material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Very good. And I wanted to also mention your clothing line that you have, Ashba Swag. And I was checking this out, and... I thought it was refreshing that it's just not all, you know, kind of rocker T-shirts with skulls and stuff. I mean, you have some of that, but you also have like well, no, jeans but I'm glad you said that because, Yeah, I'm glad you said that because you know I never wanted to have a merch line. You know, I mean, with with the clothing, you know, I really wanted to push my creativity and try to appeal to an audience even outside of the rock audience, if possible. So kind of, you know. That finding that fine line where it feeds my inner creativity, but it, you know, it, you know, the fans, my fan base really digs the clothes, and also, you know, somebody that doesn't even know who I am, you know, might dig the T-shirt too. So that that's kind of the the route I like to go on this. Cool. We encourage everybody to check out the the site. It's Ashba Swag, and you can buy the clothes yeah, right on there. Ashbaswag.com. Yeah. Cool. Where's yeah, the best? We, I've revamped the entire thing and uh, coming out with basically just funneling out all the old clothes. We originally, I had over 400 items in the store, and I was just trying everything, seeing what's working, what's not working, what are the fans really like, what don't they like. And, and I basically, you know, lately we did a lot of changes after a lot of years of trying different things and we found out that our market is definitely t-shirts beanies bandanas and jewelry that's kind of and hoodies but those five so we went from about 400 items down to and focusing more on five items and and putting a lot more love and care into those five things 
and it seems to be really working out well for us now. Cool. Would you ever consider, you know, getting this stuff in stores, or is it already in stores? Yeah, I mean, we, we put it, we have a store, a pop-up store at Harley-Davidson in Henderson in, in Las Vegas here, and we've been approached by quite a few stores, and which is another whole reason why I kind of revamped the whole designs and look and feel of Ashba Swag is because now I actually have a legit clothing line that I could I could put in stores worldwide, which is, is definitely our next step for it. Excellent. And also circling back to Guns N' Roses, how did you first meet Axel? I met Axel, God, in probably fuck, 1999 or 2000. I was in doing the Beautiful Creatures album, and Sharon Osbourne came over to my studio, and they were in the next room uh, working on Chinese, and she took me over there and introduced me to Axel. And we got along great. He was a really cool guy, uh, way different than I than I was expecting him to be because, you know, you only know what you read. But super, you know, respectful, polite, really cool guy. And, and that was the first time we met. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Great. Well, where is the best place besides the Ashba Swag website, but, you know, the best place online for fans to get in touch with you? You know, just go to djashba.com, you know, and that's kind of my whole entire world. Um, I own a media company, ashbamedia.com, but everything is on, uh, you, can, you can contact the agency, you can contact the clothing store, all on djashba.com if you go there. Excellent. We'll have that link through today's show notes on talkingmetal.com. Cool. Thanks so much, man. Have a great you got afternoon. It, brother. Thank right. you. Talk you to you too. soon. So that was DJ Ashba. Big thanks to Mr. DJ Ashba for joining us. Be sure to check out his new guitar that's coming out through Gibson in March. What we heard going into the interview was off of the Heroin Diary soundtrack album. It was called Life is Beautiful. What we heard coming out of the interview is a song called This Is Gonna Hurt. And that is, again, 6 a.m. 
So some pretty cool news, John, in that interview. Uh, some breaking news, actually. Jeff Fab is yeah, the drummer. That is really at, cool. Our good friend. 6 a.m. I don't know if he's in the band, if he's going to be playing with them like in a live setting, or if he's just playing on the album. I, you know, I, I really don't know what's going on with that, but he does play on the record, so that's awesome. Absolutely. We also heard that there's new Guns N' Roses shows on the way, and you know, it sounds like DJ is down with debuting some new material at these shows. Whether or not that happens, only time will tell, but it's exciting to know that there is new GNR material that could potentially be played at one of these upcoming concerts. Again, we have no idea if that will actually happen, but I found that news exciting. And I, I, I had no idea that Sharon Osbourne was the person that introduced DJ to Axel. That's very cool. So get this. Um, there was a great thing. It was a Facebook post uh, in the last couple of days. I know Victor was involved with it, and uh, I'm trying to find out who posted it. But it was something about like a, a, a boat full of uh, cannibal rats is like on the ocean somewhere and is going to land in Europe. Right. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did and, hear that. Yeah. Someone, uh, and I, I'm so sorry. I think it's on Gawker. Oh, uh, okay. One of our, you know, really cool talking metal listeners said it sounds like an astronomy story you know <laughs> which is great and i'm so sorry uh i will find out um i will find this post and and we'll uh reference this at a later podcast because uh i want to give credit to whoever came up with that because that was a really funny thing you know because i have Definitely. i've had numerous run-ins with rats uh, yeah that's and true. other that's rodents true. in the yeah. new york and jersey city area <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, we have sponsors on board with Talking Metal right now. And the best way you can support what we do is, of course, supporting these sponsors using the links from Talking Metal. Even if you're just clicking through them, you know, do whatever, you know, that that helps even if you don't spend any money with the sponsors. But the cool thing about both these sponsors, Audible and also Squarespace, is they're they're letting you try it out for free. I think that's awesome. And let's talk a little bit about Squarespace quickly right now. Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and all the style options you need to create a unique website for you, your business. That's what Squarespace is, guys. You use it to make your own website. It's uh, really the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use this specific offer code. It's S-L-A-S-H slash, like the guitar player who used to play in Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> Today we spoke with the guitar player who currently plays in Guns N' Roses, DJ Ashby. Yes. But unfortunately, his name is not the code. We didn't come up with the code. Squarespace or the ad people did. I don't, and I'm not exactly sure why they chose Slash, but it's an easy one to remember. So again, squarespace.com and use the offer code Slash. I love that they let you set up a website without you know putting in any credit card information. Yeah. You get to try out the, the thing for free. So go support us by using squarespace.com and offer code Slash. Very, very cool. Cool. All right. So Leatherwolf, remember those guys? Yes. 
they're back, or maybe they never went away. I don't know. I haven't really been following them in recent years. However, I used to love them back in the day. I recently went back and have been listening to those like three early Leatherwolf records. Such good stuff. Lo and behold, I was contacted maybe by somebody heard me who heard me talking about Leatherwolf on the podcast and was offered an interview opportunity with the band. So we're going to try to make that happen. We're going to try to catch up with Leatherwolf, see what's going on with them nowadays. And one thing I can tell you is they have a new record that just came out. It's a live record. And Roy Z, producer, engineer, extraordinaire, extraordinaire, worked with them on it. And I'm going to play a little bit of it for you right now. Again, the album just came out a month or two ago. It's called Leatherwolf Unchained Live. And this song is Kill and Kill Again.
That was Kill and Kill Again by Leatherwolf. Live. Live. <laughs> yeah. It's a great song. Again, mixed by Roy Z of Judas Priest and Bruce Dickinson, Sepultura, Halford fame. Mastered by Tom Baker, who has worked with Queensryche and Judas Priest. And uh, those guys were great. They had a video back in the day for the song Calling, which MTV used to play. And I really enjoyed their early stuff. I'm glad they're still out there doing it. I did listen to the live album all the way through. It sounds phenomenal. Excellent. It's great. So go pick it up, guys, on iTunes, or just go right to leatherwolfmetal.com, and you can download it there. They actually have some free MP3s up on that site, too, I believe. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, check it out. You know what? Uh, Can I tell one uh, minor astronomy-style story? Okay. Of course. We, We said Roy Z was producer extraordinaire back in ninth grade. Um, no, this could have been, yeah, ninth grade, I, I had French in school. And um, there was a, a thing where if we would bring in clippings or something that had to do with the French language, we would get extra credit. Now, I had a magazine from the 70s uh, that had a picture of Paul Stanley, and it said the caption was guitarist extraordinaire. So I cut that out, which was probably stupid that I shouldn't have cut up some vintage magazine. But I cut it out, and I brought it in. Right. And I got half credit. Only because guitarist was spelled the normal way in the English language, but extraordinaire was after it. Now, it should have been guitarist with an E after it. So my teacher said, well, it's, you're going to get half credit. She might have actually gave me credit, but I, I think she, made, she did mention that it was only half right. But anyway, right. you guys can see that I was that nutty. Even back in the day, I mean, from second grade on, that was what ninth grade. grade was that? But, but Sec- yeah, that was ninth when I had ninth, French class. Yeah. But um, I probably got that magazine in second grade, and um, I remember the funniest thing is my dad once went into a store to buy me magazines, and he, he bought me this uh, magazine that had Kiss in it. It was probably like Super Teen or or Hit Parade or you know one of those old. I, I think it was like Super Teen. I don't think it was one of the big magazines like Hit Parader or circus it was even older well hit parader was out in the 70s but and so was circus but i think it was super teen and then i remember him saying yeah i would have probably rather been looking at some of the magazines that were a little higher on the shelf that little kids weren't supposed to see which usually means that there was like playboy or something so i thought that was a why i remember these odd quotes uh, and things from my past i do not know but uh, my dad was divulging that he would have probably been rather looking at one of those but instead, he was going through all the musical magazines just to find pictures of Kiss. And, and he found one, and it was Ace, and it was from 76. And it said, Ace Frehley and his elevator shoes. And we thought that that meant that the shoes had like a small mechanical elevator, I think, in them. <laughs> and I thought that it meant, you know, in second grade, you think like all these ridiculous things. And, and also, the coolest thing is you pronounce things not the way they're really pronounced. Like I had all these words and lyrics and things that... I had my own version of how to say them. Did that ever happen to you? And, th- and then you found out later that it was totally a different word. Yeah. Oh, totally. Especially yeah. with lyrics. Yeah, totally. Oh, boy. Hey, yeah, we used to buy those 16 magazines. Yeah, yeah. I, I like remember 16. the one that said, Flash, Peter Chris leaves Kiss. <laughs> wow. See, that that's was how the, I found out. Peter that's Chris amazing. Was, yeah. Uh, um, and then uh, 
I remember I went camping. Uh, my brother and I used to bring the 16 magazines and stuff because they used to have uh, Kiss articles in them, and we just right. read the articles over and over and over again, yep. look at the pictures. Exactly. And the one had a, the one issue I had had a picture of Tommy Shaw from Styx, right. which was another one of my, my favorite bands back when I was like nine years old, uh, along with Kiss. And so we went camping and with my grandparents, and my cousin, who's a couple years older than me, was on the trip with us. And, you know, he was probably like 12, 11, 12, you know, I was like nine or 10. And he looks at the magazine with Tommy Shaw's face on it and he goes, wow, that's a beautiful lady. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Who said that again? My cousin, oh, my yeah. cousin. And, and he, and he was like lusting over her. Oh, and my no. brother and I just started laughing. I was like, that's not a lady. That's Tommy Shaw from Styx. And he was like, ah, I knew that. Yeah, when he funny. totally didn't know that. I, so, uh, I thought, I, when I first, uh, I was in, I got, I got two of these. I hope the Talking Metal listeners are interested in this. But I was in a place called Anderson's News uh, in, in Windenburg, Pennsylvania. And this was later on. This was like late, mid to late 80s. And I see a, a magazine, and on the back cover is the Poison first record. Uh, and I was like, "Oh man, look! There's a metal group of like all these hot chicks out." And right. That's what I. That's I literally thought it was like four. Well, girls. you know, the Poison the Poison album did did definitely look like like chicks. You know, they right. had the makeup on, but this was a picture of Tommy Shaw. Just looking normal. Yeah, just yeah. looking like Tommy Shaw. Yeah, that's you know? great. <laughs> and I guess he kind of was a. A feminine looking guy, but yeah. he still looked, looked like, like a, a guy. guy to me. Yeah, that yeah, that's so hilarious. Was, that's really funny. That was kind of funny. <laughs> hey, we're gonna we're gonna end today's episode with some ticket giveaways. Uh, I don't even know if you know about this, John. No, I do not. It's a place called Stage Forty Eight in New York City. So this is gonna specifically apply to the New York City listeners of the podcast. We have. Two sets of tickets. The first is for the April 12th concert in New York City of the band Striper. Excellent. And you can go to the show. He, the guy said he'll put us on the list Perfect. if you want to check Striper. Yeah, I'd love on. to. Absolutely. But this is for the listeners. We have two free tickets for you to see Striper in New York City. They're yours. You just have to do one little thing. I'll fill you in in a minute on that. The second set of tickets, again, at the performance hall known as Stage 48 in New York City, the second concert I'm giving tickets away to, we are giving tickets away to, is Loudness on April 6th. So it's April 6th, Loudness, April 12th, Striper. The same person can't win both sets of tickets so you're only eligible to win one you must live in the united states i would think you want to live in the new york city area to get these tickets and they're only good for you so you can't get the tickets and then try to sell them online i think your name's actually going to be placed on a list or they'll be holding the tickets for you at the door i'm not exactly sure but this is the real deal so what you need to do is you need to go like our facebook page the talking metal facebook page and I'm going to give you a code on that page. Once you get the code, then you need to email it to me. My email address is mark, M-A-R-K, at talkingmetal at yahoo.com. So what you'll see on our Facebook page, once you like it, is the code for the Striper tickets is 123. 
Email me that code at mark at talkingmetal.com and the tickets are yours. Same goes for loudness. And that won't be the code. It won't be one, two, three. It'll be another set of numbers. Mark, clarify that email address because I heard you say talkingmetal.com and I also heard you say yahoo.com. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Clarifying the email address, M-A-R-K at talkingmetal.com. Mark, my name, at talkingmetal.com. Sounds great. Mark, what a great ticket giveaway, uh, two ticket giveaways. And let me tell you, I have a little bit of inside info. I've been to Stage 48 once for a oh, yeah? party. Cool. Oh, and cool. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong This uh, on this, I believe it is on 48th between 11th and 12th Avenue. And it is a very cool venue, guys. Um, it's... And let me, it's kind of like an Irving Plaza, in my opinion, um, Mark, uh, in for, for uh, any New Yorkers who've been to Irving Plaza. But it's a, there's a floor, there's a cool stage, and then there's kind of like a, a top area where you can be hanging. And uh, I, it, it kind of seems like it's a real intimate, cool venue to see a show. And uh, I, I think that anybody who's lucky enough to win these tickets is going to have a great time seeing both bands. Excellent. Cool. Let's end it with some loudness. And before we do that, if you don't want to, you know, use the links and support us by supporting our sponsors, you can always buy a T-shirt. You can always make a PayPal donation. And all that stuff is on TalkingMetal.com. So let's get into the song Angel Dust by Loudness off the Devil Soldier album. (laughs) 